I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. Well, well, well. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. From the Tuesday, boys. Craig isn't here. Sean Gentilly. I'm with Max Boltman. He's officially a Tuesday boy at this point. We don't need to differentiate here. Craig is off doing boss work somewhere, I think, or maybe taking a vacation. Could be lounging yeah, he's on prepping it. Lounging for a, a beach. football playoff game. <laughs> I forgot about that. I went to the first one last weekend. It was an intense game. That's right, because you were talking about it before, before our interview. With our guest, by the way. An appropriately timed guest. Will Smith, who I think, Max, is it fair to say that he's crystallized as the top-ranked American player in this draft? Is I that think fair? So, yeah. Am I am yep. I talking am I talking out of school as a as a very uh, remedial prospect knower here? No, I think the the World U eighteen cemented it. He was outstanding. We talk about that uh, obviously in the interview that the tournament that he had, which was 
pretty crazy. Uh, did not ultimately get the, the Kucherov mark, but I think he tied Jack Hughes's 20 points at that tournament, which is ridiculous. So, And he passed. Is that where he passed Matthew's uh, program record for points? On the all-time yeah. list. Yep, so exactly. Him and his pa- linemate Gabe passed Pro. It and Gabe, passed and Gabe it. Gabe Pro passed yep. it again as well. Yeah, passed, passed it more. <laughs> <sighs> it's a good time to talk to Will. He's a name you're going to hear a lot over the next, oh gosh, six weeks? How far out are we from the NHL draft? Yeah, seven, six or seven, and it is. It is. Uh, Corey and I were talking about this as short of a runway as as I can remember. Like it's it's going to come fast. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the lottery results uh, that that obviously took place last night. Chicago Blackhawks stumble and bumble and gross everyone out on their way to the number one overall pick. They're going to take Connor Bedard. Spoiler alert: only had one game last night. And I was there in person in Edmonton. We watched Vegas take a 2-1 lead in that series. We'll talk about that a lot as well. Plenty of stuff in the hopper here. Uh, but Maxie, let's start. Let's start with the with the lottery results. Um, this is something that you have a lot of, a lot of stake in. Honestly, it's been you're like I don't want to say number three prospect guy. <laughs> It's not no that wouldn't prospect that, adjacent. That, for that sure. wouldn't be fair. But you're you're part you're part of the prospect family. In addition to the work you do with the Red Wings, uh, you're you're on the live stream last night, reacting with the prawn dog after uh, the results came live. Let's talk about Bedard first. Well, we'll we won't belabor the point because we've all heard a lot about him. We're gonna hear plenty more about him moving forward. When we were talking before the show, I thought you said something interesting about, you know, your thoughts on where he projects kind of generally as a player, but also specifically next season with the, with the Chicago Blackhawks. We're going to, I feel like this is something that could turn into a thing. Is Connor Bedard a center long-term? Is he a winger long-term? What does he do next year? And it's, and I, and we need to, we should talk about that here because that's the, that's the mode that we're about to shift into because the lottery is over. We don't need to, you know, hit the tankathon button anymore like that like the, those times are complete it's time to shift into this next phase of of dialogue and i think you know bedard's best position whether it's next season or down the line is a big part of it so what what kind of what do you what do you expect from him as you know quote unquote prospect adjacent writer yeah no i, I mean i think next season given what the picture in chicago looks like <laughs> They should put him at center and just try it. Yeah. But I, it's it's kind of funny. You often will see teams break a guy in on the wing to have him adjust. I think long term, if I had the rights to Connor Bedard, uh, I would be strongly considering him on on the wing long term. I think he's kind of Patrick. He's very Patrick Kane-ish. And if there's a franchise that knows uh, that it's okay to have your friend face your franchise be a winger, if that's what they're best suited for, uh, it is the one that he will be drafted to now. Um, I'm not saying he can't do it yeah. though. Like, he's obviously he's played center. He played at the World Juniors. Like well, you know, we're gonna see where this goes. And center is valuable enough that you owe it to yourself to at least try it. But what what I think is when you have a player who can be that dynamic, who is on the smaller side, um, unless it's like so fluid, so natural. We're talking like Jack Hughes here. Mm-hmm. Um, why not let them just 
not be bogged down by the defensive responsibilities of the center position if, if you can avoid it. Now, it may be that they get Connor Bedard and it bumps them so much that they don't get another, you know, lottery break for a guy who can do that really easily. That could happen, I guess. I, I wonder, uh, you know, I, I do wonder how they see themselves uh, in the in the coming years here. But my instinct is three or four years from now, I think he should probably be basically in, in just replacement Patrick Kane. And right. I think that's still a tremendous outcome for them. Yeah, I was talking to somebody about this last night, about how teams have, uh, and it was, honestly, it was about this topic exactly. I can't remember who it was, but it was how teams have dealt with ultra elite. I'm trying to like wean myself off of saying generational because that word just has come to, Lost all meaning. It's lost all meaning and also come to annoy me uh, deeply. But this like top, this top shelf ultra elite center prospect and how they've been used as rookies. In uh, McDavid, McDavid, I don't, he didn't play a shift at wing, I don't think. I don't think so, no. The f- <laughs> Sidney Crosby played a little bit of wing and he hated it. And he shouldn't have been there, and it didn't. It didn't make a ton of sense. It was something that Eddie Olchick did with the Penguins way back when, you know, just kind of based on the assumption, somewhat understandably, that you know, eighteen-year-olds can't play center in in the NHL. So Sid did get some time that allowed him to, you know, get some nice photo ops with Mario Lemieux at that point and whatever else. But it was very clear, I think, in the case of Sidney Crosby, that that was not. And it's a different skill set, and whatever. But Sid's just a he's a center to his core like that's just what his skill set is it's what his mindset is it's where he's best where he's best served I don't and for everything I've watched and everything I've seen about Bedard I mean the sh- the shot is the differentiation point there right and you want to be able to free that up and have him you know be able to deploy that without the, without thinking about defense I don't know it's an interesting problem to have if you're the Chicago Blackhawks yeah you're not going to mind him being on you know, an extra quarter to a half of a rush chance per game by being up at the blue line and, and hopefully, you know, take off a little bit, leak out a little bit mm-hmm. sometimes early. I don't know. You can justify it either way. I, I agree with you about the kind of different skill sets there. I, I, I get the level of hype is yeah. similar to the production, whatever. But, um, you know, I think Crosby's got kind of more of that superstar grinder thing going for him that makes it natural at center. If it were me, I would... But again, I think next year it's almost a no-brainer. I think he almost has to play center next year. So it's almost a moot point. It's just they're going to see if it works or doesn't, you know? Yeah. You think the Blackhawks wouldn't mind maybe throwing him on, on a on a wing for uh, for Jonathan Taves, possibly? Dude, I had this exact <laughs> thought last night. Like, so you're going to welcome this kid who's going to be the face of your franchise for the next decade into your locker room. And just weeks ago, you made the decision to publicly release a statement that said you're not going to bring back the guy who's crazy who's been your standard bearer you know you, that would have been one heck of an era bridge if you could have him there to you know just yeah. kind of run the room for a year with bedard i i wonder if they regret it i really do well that organization having something to regret would be nothing new <laughs> uh worth repeating that they are going to use a draft pick on Connor Bedard that they shouldn't have in the first place because they should have been docked that because of their organizational conduct uh, and their failure to protect or report anything about Kyle Beach, which they were investigated and settled for and uh, deserved a lot 
a hell of a lot of a stiffer penalty than the one they received. Now it's whatever, less than two years later. We're talking about the Blackhawks coming out of a rebuild and saying on the on the broadcasts over and over that they, you know, deserve that they deserve this pick and whatever. A lot of people don't think so. And I'm one of them, you know. That's it's insane to me that that team I know they were, whatever, publicly shamed to some extent and they got fined the, the, the two schmill and people lost their jobs, but that organization didn't pay enough. Um, feel bad for the fan base because they had, they had nothing to do with it here, but the fact that they didn't lose a first-round pick and the New Jersey Devils lost one for playing cap gymnastics with Ilya Kovalchuk during a time that was allowed and that the Arizona Coyotes lost a first-round pick for holding illegal workouts ahead of the draft. Uh, the fact that the Chicago Blackhawks got out of all this without having to give up one of those under any circumstance, and now they get to parlay it into a player who, who's, you know, people are writing in pencil, you know, his Hall of Fame induction 20 years down the road or 25 years down the road. Uh, it sucks. It sucks, and I was, and I was uh, upset to see it last night. It was a loud response too. I'm like glad it was immediately Dra- drag these way. losers because yeah. it's still I mean, it's it still was... it's it's impossible to like get over the fact that it's still that the same people still own the team. Like the buck should stop there, and it never does. That's the way this country is structured at this point. It's, the plutocrats always win, right? That's kind of the way. That's it, sort of the, sort of the way it goes. But to see it play out so flagrantly there and to see them sell 500 or whatever it was, all those season ticket ticket packages they sold in the immediate wake of the Bedard Bedard lottery win. I saw Ben Pope from from the Chicago Sun-Times said that he had, and forgive me if this number is wrong because I don't have it in front of me, but they've added $2.5 million in revenue and see in, in ticket sales in the first hour or something that's repulsive and they don't deserve it and fans of chicago might but the 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 people that own that franchise the words is uh don't because ultimately this is their fault it it, to me it is a little tough to know because obviously i I agree with you there but it's just would this would this pick have been the one that they had they should have been docked picks for three years or something like it 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 shouldn't have just been one there needed to be some escalation on an organizational level based on what we saw the punishment turn out to be for the devils and the coyotes like that in hindsight probably wasn't talked about enough. Honestly, when the, when the punishment went down, like what are, what are we talking about here? The the devils did something that was allowed by the CBA and it was retroactively disallowed right. and they were it's, 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 it's insane. And you have, and, and it, totally. And you you go across sports, and that is a standard: is that you when you embarrass the league, you pay a a fine, usually in the form of a draft pick. So I I completely get that. I just I wasn't sure because yeah. I I felt like people were talking about like okay, they shouldn't even have this pick, but you're if if you're saying it should have been multi years for 100%. sure, hundred percent. I that's you know. I mean whatever it means jack shit coming from me, but yeah, they should have lost they should have lost two or three years of first round picks. You are not alone in in the sentiment. I mean it's. Uh, <sighs> I, I don't know. This is maybe a little uh, neither here nor there, but I, I felt like there was almost a point where people were thinking like, you know, retroactively, should they have been allowed to just, okay, you can't win this lottery. It seemed to be the 
the tenor of a lot of stuff I was seeing, but on some like uh, in other leagues that would that would be or in, in other situations you'd say well the punishment's been levied like this is yeah. this is what it is again i keep I, I don't mean to keep harping on this devil's kovalchuk thing but this is the one that's fresh in my mind they just made that shit up they just made it up they saw something they didn't like they made up a penalty they imposed it unilater- unilaterally despite the fact again that this is that this was permitted by the collective bargaining agreement, or it certainly wasn't explicitly outlawed by it. The NHL can just make this shit up if they want. And they've done it before and they'll do it again. And if they wanted, if they wanted to make it up after, you know, after the season, if they would say like, all right, Blackhawks, you know, you're ineligible to win. You can get the second pick or whatever. That sounds crazy, but it's it's directly in line with what they with what the league's done in the past. They they make their own they they set the rules, you know. Yeah, I, you're right. That's kind of the wild card here. As I'm thinking about this, and just like, well, what what are they supposed to do? Like, they can't tip the scales. But you're right. If if you're gonna uh, change settled settled policies in some cases, yep. they should. I guess whatever yeah. should have just if they would have done it. If they would have docked them two draft picks, two first round draft picks would have all been avoided and it should it should have been two in the and it should have been two in the first place because what they did is a hell of a hell of a lot worse than chica putting kids on exercise bikes at, at the at the 100%. team facility or, or or whatever it was i did not real. i didn't i was truly not anticipating talking about this for for as long as we have but I, i'm sorry what were you saying no that, that's all we can we can wrap that there anyway but i mean it, it's certainly not going to be a, a popular it, it was not a popular no, outcome no, here. They obviously. won. They won. <laughs> and people shouldn't be surprised by it. You know, everyone was like floated. The conspiracy theorists were out in the abundance because of the weeks thing. <laughs> Folks. So do people know? Here, here's how this goes. <laughs> yeah, that drawing go, was go over. So yeah. weeks did know the outcome there, mm-hmm. but not because it was rigged because it had happened two hours ago and it, it happens in a room. Aaron Portz, I don't Aaron, probably have an article did. on this he, already. He published. It's already he, out. He, he he made his move the last man. night. He he was Portie was Portie was quick on the quick on the button with that one, and he and he, well, he's, and we're, we're better for it. Yeah, because in that I think case, it, I think it told a lot of people how it works. But the, it was a production mistake, mm-hmm. so it's a mistake. Like that's it's a rough error. Um, you know, but people will remember the order leaked a few years ago, um, like a half hour before the show. And it turned, we, we didn't know if it was correct or not, but it turned out to be exactly correct. And that's how it happens. It happens because it, as much as we like to think that Bill Daly and his little cards are the only people who know at that moment, it, it has to be a little more for the sake of the production. Yeah. They got to prepare that little graphic where the things fly up and all that. And that's, that's the part, that's the part that the NHL gets is that like, okay, well, whatever we can turn this into content we can turn this into a tv production we've seen this in the past we've seen them we, yeah. they they they'll put video of the draw itself just for posterity's sake on the internet right we're gonna get that again if it's not if it's not up already like we're gonna see the actual the actual draw they're understandably wisely trying to turn this into a televised a television production as they should and that's what okay. that's what they're screwing up they're not they're not they're not corrupt they're they're inept <laughs> what people always call for is they want to see the drawing itself. Okay. It's never going to be about the little logo balls with the logos on them. No. But here's my question to you. If you were just doing this number draw, I, I think there's actually a way to kind of make it interesting. 
Yeah. Because you pull the numbers up and you have like the like team still eligible and you could have all the teams lit up and the second yeah, a ball comes where it. it's in nobody's combination, they dim and you're just like, 100%. Shh. By the end, you'd have that draw. You solved it. You solved it. Vancouver was one digit off of Bedard. And if that was up on the screen of like, okay, if, if the digit is 13, it's Chicago or 14 or whatever, 12. And if it's 13, it's Vancouver. And if it's 14, it's Columbus. Yeah. That would have been I- incredibly suspenseful. I don't, I don't know how much back end it takes to do that. Like how much code you have to build into the whatever it's going to be or who has to know all this stuff. But I think that would be a pretty good TV event. In the, nothing that the league does, and this is their fault, nothing that the league does here is going to be satisfactory for people because there's always going to be, I mean, people like I, like I, I was running, I was running the blog last night, me and Mac, me and Mac and do were, you know, tasked with, with, uh, with blogging the draft lottery. We had great stuff. Uh, by the way, if anybody's listening to this, there's a, that's a great clearinghouse for all our draft content. Cause it's great, yes. great stuff from you and it's great stuff from Corey and Corey and Scott and everybody else. It's a kind of a great landing page for all that. But me and Mac and do are doing, doing a lot of the live work. And, you know, I, I at some point after the flub i was like you can't i was like don't yell about a conspiracy like stay woke here keep the eye on the prize be mad about the blackhawks but this isn't they they didn't put their thumb on the scale there because it's too hard pulling a conspiracy off like this is difficult you go with the occam's razor you know the the easiest explanation tends to be the tends to be the correct one that is here like what's more likely that you know the NHL had a production screw up or that they executed some sort of high level conspiracy that involved accounting firms and, and, uh, and, and 32 member teams. Yeah. There's, you know, all those teams that are eligible are in that room watching this all play out. So to me, that that's always been the answer to the, the conspiracy folks is if you think that it's rigged, then you, you actually think the whole thing's WWE because everyone's If you in think on it. that Pat Verbeek sat in a room and like allowed that to play out, I have some bad news for you. It's not, or Yarmo, not how it works. Right? Yarmo, these guys. Yarmo loses oh. out. I mean, we should talk about Columbus. I yeah, feel yeah, so. We, say yeah, this, let's, we can yeah, probably say this every you know, single let's, lottery. Let's, let's, let's move on. From, <laughs> Skip from, Anaheim. From, happy from the for lot. Anaheim. You've got three amazing centers. <laughs> it's all good. We're going to Columbus, okay? Yeah. Yarmo needed this. Oh, Columbus needed this. If you, okay, I, I tweeted this last night in response to the Blackhawks thing. I don't know if it was, you know, whatever, but like lotteries do not have ethics. I meant it about the tanking. You could apply it in a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there is an ethic of, man, that team got cooked this year, it is Columbus because they went out and they signed Johnny Gaudreau. If you had someone that you were say that team was not just, you know, blatantly trying to bottom up for this guy, it was them. And they're going to go home just on the outside of this. They're still going to get a good player. They might get Will Smith, who we're going to talk to in a second. Yeah. It's going to be a great outcome. You know who makes a, who makes a lot who makes a, who makes a lot of sense for the Columbus Blue Jackets? A ton. And I think he went there in our staff mock last night. So oh, uh, it, baby. It, it's still going to be okay. But they did lose out on this. They were in this position. They did not tank. I feel really bad for the Blue Jackets. A big part. Hey, look, I th- was that team overrated? Heading into last season, abs absolutely were they over their skis in terms of what they thought in that room that they would do one hundred percent. It's not a particularly good hockey team. It's thin. They don't have quality depth at any position. 
and the goaltenders, you know, as we saw, we're all, I mean, God bless Eunice Corposalo, but there's a, <laughs> not, not sold on him based on his contract, right? Like there's, there's, there's holes there. That being said, that is a team that got decimated, decimated by injuries and went from being like overrated, maybe, you know, middle of the pack mediocre to, you know, one of the few worst teams in the league. And it truly was, it is, it's one of those cases where a team can actually blame injuries for, for a huge thing, for a huge chunk, for being that bad. Like it's always everyone's favorite excuse and it's typically overstated because there's, there's, there's more to it than that. You still got to play the games. But what happened to that team at the start of the regular season was just bananas, right? Across the board at every single position. So yeah, there's it's, an, it's a roster that wasn't that maybe wasn't as hot as everyone would have liked to have believed it to be at the start. But they came about it. They came about this finish in an honest way. And it's like enjoy Will Smith. Enjoy you know maybe maybe they're the ones that are content to wait on Mishkov. I don't know if that's, that seems like, I don't, you almost got to win some games, frankly. So I, I don't, I think, I think it's fair. I think it's fair to wonder, uh, wonder whether that's where Matt Vey ends up, but we shall see. I did, I did want to talk about the ducks for a little bit because you brought, you brought them up in our, and we, we can finish this and that'll be the, that'll be the extent of our, of our, of our draft conversation. Um, you watch a lot of Adam Fantilli. Um, he is like you, a Michigan man. <laughs> is he? Is he more or less aggravating than you are about it? I guess we'll find I'm out. Find out. Tell. <laughs> what kind of player are the, are, are the Ducks? You never really know until you leave, right? <laughs> is that is that some weird saying? You. Freaks out. No, but I, I might, you, might become one. I guess <laughs> too many. I I was I, I was fine with Michigan until I, until I until I encountered more more of you people in the wild. You, Stephen Nesbitt, <laughs> Mike Persek. If you're out there, ugh. Anyways, I feel like Mike has to be way louder about it than me and Nes. Oh, dude, you have no idea. This is this is our this is our our, our mutual pal Mike Persek who covered the Pittsburgh Pirates. For years. Run off by Ben Sherrington, I heard. Or not Ben Sherrington. Uh, don't, not Ben Sherrington. Who's the owner? I forget <laughs> the owner's matter. name. Bob Nutting. <laughs> Run off by Bob Nutting. Silenced. Silenced by Bob Nutting. Persec, Persec lived, in, lived in our spare, spare bedroom for a little bit. He's a perfect human being, except for, except for the Michigan shit. <laughs> when he gets going on that, I want to backhand him. And I've been close. Anyways, Adam Fantilli... <laughs> I like the Ducks should be happy about this, right? And and I oh, and I wrote about sure. it and I wrote about it last night through the lens of Jack Eichel, who is the last, you know, hard luck number two pick who had the misfortune of coming up against a, a true all timer in his draft year. A lot of similarities there. A lot of similarities with, with their with I think part of their player profile, with their production in, in their college year. With the way with the way they project, just overall, Dom crunched some numbers on this for for a thing I wrote here in Edmonton last night, where those guys would have been, you know, based on point production, they they would have been better bets than I think ten of the last thirteen first overall picks. I mean, this is like, uh, 
Yeah. This needs to be stressed because I feel I I, I know you feel bad for the Blue Jackets. I feel worse for the Ducks and, and Ducks fans than anybody else because this is the second time this has happened to them. God bless Bobby Ryan, but you know sitting. I think I think all all things considered, they'd rather have <laughs> rather would have had Sidney Crosby than Bobby. So I feel bad for the Ducks fans, but only insofar as you know that's how special Bedard is. It's not a knock on yeah. Fantilli. It's not a knock on what he should be. He seems like he's, you know, everything you could hope for in a second overall pick and a dude that would have gone first in, you know, literally 10 out of 13 years. I was, I was going to say 9 out of 10, but we have like kind of the direct, a more direct percentage here, right? Yes, and I, I, I think they should be very happy. I, I know that I'm sure you feel that close and I, I – in my head had kind of circled what's the most fun outcome here. It probably is Trevor Zegers feeding one-timers to Connor Bedard. Yeah. But Adam Fantilli is a tremendous player. It gives them one of the most coveted things I can imagine, which is three young, you know, top six, if not top line centers on the same team. Corey and I were talking about this last night. My immediate instinct is I would flex Zegers to the wing mm-hmm. in time, whatever, however you want to do Fantilli's first year or whatever. But like, in time, you, you, that's going to be your top line, Zegers, Fantilli, player X, McTavish is on the second line. Corey says, would you do what Pittsburgh did with Crosby, Malkin, Stahl? In which case, I think McTavish would be a tremendous comparable for Stahl there. Yep. And we saw how that turned out, you know. So I'm, I'm not saying any of them are Crosby or Malkin, but outstanding players. Malkin played with Stahl a little bit as a rookie too. He was the, yeah. he was the wing and Stahl was the center. And, and I think you could do that. Because you, you said this before. I've, I've, said, I've said this before. Every, every discussion on this podcast either comes back to the early 2000s Detroit Red Wings or the late <laughs> 2000s Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> That's the way it goes. The only two teams. They're there's the only, only, there's only two. Oh, and the, and the, and the Thrashers. I, you know what? I really like the piece that Eric Stevens put up last night. He was at a Ducks watch party uh, near the Honda Center with, with, with some fans and Verbeek was there and, and whatever, he, you know. I think the people there, the the people who Eric talked to, have the right perspective. They're like, yeah, of course, and including Pat Verbeek, by the way, who was like, yeah, it, well, like we're not going to lie and say that we didn't want Bedard, but I mean, look look at what look at the opportunity we have here. We we get we get a chance to pick from everybody else, and there's some great players in in, in the. You could tell Verbeek was just trying not to say like <laughs> the Anaheim Ducks with the second overall pick select Adam Fantilli, but he's talking about you know being able to add size down the middle and this and that. Um, it's fine. They're going to be, it's one of the best be situations fine. in the league. Honestly, like if you could start a team with anything, you're going to go with three centers picked in the top 10. If you redraft these mm-hmm. guys, they're all going in the top five. Uh, you got a, a decor who is quietly really, I love the guy they picked last year, Minchikov. Like, I don't know exactly what he's going to look like in yeah. the NHL, but he was just people, people like him, right? Yeah. Like tremendously skilled. Now, is it too aggressive? I don't. You love like the extent of my job. Like, yeah, he was good. He's a first round pick. People <laughs> liked him, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah crazy season. So, <laughs> I I'm a big Minchikov guy. So I I think they're in a great situation. Find a goalie, I guess. Find a couple. But like this is this is the other things you can find these complimentary wingers. Mm-hmm. We we know this. This is what everyone always harps on. Is that when you need to trade for one. You can do it. You might be able to trade for William Nylander. Forty-eight, hours. <laughs> brother. That is a professional segue. We love it. <laughs> we love it. We have actual hockey games to talk about here. We can move on to that before our interview with our new friend Will Smith. Uh, 
Last night, one game, Vegas wins 5-1 in Edmonton. Goes up 2-1 in that series. It's a game that I covered. I am in Edmonton as we speak. Uh, That was an ass-kicking by Vegas. And it was a response to an ass-kicking we saw by the Oilers in Game 2. We've had three games here. I don't think it's it's been back and forth to a kind of aggravating degree, honestly. We haven't had both teams show up. And I'm starting to wonder if it's possible for both of these teams to play well at the same time. <laughs> because their strengths are so diametrically opposed and the things they try to do and the will that they try to exert are on either end of the spectrum, basically. What makes these teams good is just so far afield from each other that I'm not sure if both can be good at the same time. Um, it's a very good question. Like it does seem like at this point, the game's either going to be, you know, one of these teams is scoring five goals. Uh, and if, if Edmonton is not scoring, it seems like this can, happen. I think this is what it comes down to is that Vegas is puck dominant, you know, their, their puck possession style, their puck dominance. We saw a rule. I, sh- I shouldn't even say that honest. I, I sh- what I should say first off is that we saw a really diverse offensive game from, from them last night where, you know, they were doing a really good job of getting things started, getting the puck to Eichel in particular in their own end, having him lead the break in one way or another and turning that into offense. And in, in his case, turning into, turning into three points. It's a diverse offensive team. But when they're possessing the puck like they did last night, the Oilers, it sounds more, even more reductive than I intended to sound. But that negates you're not going to get penalties called you're not going to get calls if if you don't have the puck right and you're not going to get that many calls in the second round most of the time especially after the way the series has gone under any circumstances so much of of Edmonton's success is built on the power play that that, that if and even though they are a better five on five team than they have been in the past even though they improved in in that space at at the deadline if you have a team that can keep the puck away from them at five on five and completely negate the possibility that they draw calls or, or get, any, get anything, you just throw that out the window. Things could get ugly fast. And we saw that, we saw that last night, you know, it was a, it was a fun game to watch. Yeah. I, I wrote about Eichel after the game. I thought he was, this is like exactly, this is Zach, this is Jack Eichel at the top of his, at the top of his register. He looks as, as good as, as good as we could expect. And it might be a recency bias or whatever, but it, but if if Vegas can get eighty percent of what they got as a team last night, like this is this is not a seven game series. I feel like you can kind of talk similarly about Vegas and New Jersey in that way. Yep. New Jersey has yet to play a close game in these playoffs, have they? Have they played a single mm-hmm. like nail biter here? Or it seems like they've all just gone back and forth four one five two. Yeah. I mean, other than other than the other than the the Schmied game in Game Seven against the Rangers, right. I mean, there was the overtime game. I mean, that was that was the, the one, right? Yeah. The one overtime game, and they won it. But since then, like, there's not that they're not that close. We need one of these here, and we're I, honestly we're, we're we've seen it in Dallas and Seattle, right? Seattle stomped them last game. And they've it, it's these series are close. The games within them are not. Tonight, May 9th, we have Carolina at New Jersey. We have Dallas at Seattle. And then tomorrow, uh, I can't read the schedule from here. What's that say? Tomorrow's the uh, Leafs, Panthers, and uh, Edmonton, Vegas. Le- Le- Leafs versus Panthers, huh? Right, right. 
And then we, we, we have another Oilers game. So we shall see. And we will leave the Toronto Maple Leafs talk to the other days of the week. Because I feel like we've strayed from our duties as the American hour here. Talking about the Leafs too much. Also, what's left to say? Maxie, I think that's it for the first segment. We're going to go to our chat with Will Smith, who very, very graciously took time out of his schedule. It's hectic, hectic era for that for for that young man. Uh, he's coming back from U18s. He's got trying to squeeze some beach time in before before stuff really, really gets wild here with draft prep. It was a great talk. Best American player in the draft, according to none other than Max Bolden. So enjoy that, and we'll be back afterwards with the only good segment on the show. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. We are thrilled to be joined by U18 gold medalist, top NHL draft prospect, USNDTV legend, I think at this point. I'll say it. Whatever. Will Smith, how you doing, man? Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're hoping that you can take a break here because it's been busy and it's going to keep being busy. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping you're off to you're off to getting some beach time or something here for for the next couple of weeks. Is that is that is that what's going on? I hope so. Uh, a couple actually, a couple of uh, the boys from the team are going to a uh, Punta Cana tomorrow. So perfect. We do a three day trip there and then we'll come home. Love it. That's good news. Has uh has the medal has the medal gone on any trips yet? Have you brought the gold medal in it anywhere anywhere fun since you, since you won it last week? Uh, I mean, we went to uh, the Detroit Tigers game. Um, we got to go on the field there, which is pretty cool. So um, that and probably just uh, not taking it off the whole uh, ride home. Love I it. saw that when I was at that game. How did uh, did Schultz just get the first pitch by by deference of being captain, or was it the the hometown thing? Uh, I think it was because he's the captain. Yeah. Fair enough. And like you, you couldn't like played rock paper scissors or something for it. Like <laughs> stake, stake your claim, dude. I guess so. <laughs> so it had Next been a time. while for for the for you guys to, to have won this tournament. You know, it, for I think seventeen was the last one. I mean, what was the anticipation like for that, and and what did it mean to you guys to be the team that that rides the ship and, and gets the gold again? Yeah, I think it's pretty special. Um, I mean, we've we have all the pictures up in our hallway in the locker room, so. Um, we know when the last year of uh, when the U.S. has won, and um, I mean last year there's a little bit of disappointment going going and losing that last game with um, such a good team. But um, yeah, it was pretty special that we got uh, got the U.S. back on top. Start of the final, I mean, it, it was a tight game most of the way, and you go into the third with a deficit. What 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 clicked after two periods for you guys? What was that locker room like after two periods? Yeah, to be honest, it was actually, it was pretty chill in there. I think um, some teams would be pretty stressed out. I think um, we kind of just looked at it like it was our last 20 minutes together from uh, mm. our two years. And um, coach c- came in and gave a pretty good speech. And uh, we went out there and uh, we were firing at all cylinders. So for you guys, I mean, the, the 
your line with Ryan and with Gabe, it's, you know, Sean alluded to it. It's going to go down as one of, if not the best so far in the, in the history of the program. I'm wondering, like, from your perspective, what has made it so successful for you guys? What, what works between the three of you uh, beyond being good players? You're all great players, obviously. Yeah, honestly, I think it's the off ice chemistry we have. I, we're, we're all going to BC. I think everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. And, um, we're such good buddies that um, we're always together off the ice. So I honestly think that that helps us uh, with the uh, chemistry on the ice. When did the BC discussion start? Um, was it, is that something you guys have been talking about for years? Like when did it actually crystallize? Cause the fact that you, the fact that it, you know, that's the, certainly the plan right now is, is for you guys to all end up there together. That's, that's cool. And that's something we, we, we don't see that often. So when did, when did that process start? <clears throat> yeah, I think um, coming into this year is probably where that picked up. Um, I mean, I committed uh, last year and um, then Gabe was still kind of undecided most of this year. And then um, as we started playing better and better together, I, the recruiting kind of picked up and we were like, why not? Why not come over? So uh, he finally made his decision and he uh, was the right one. He's the guy that it seems like more and more people have taken notice of over the last month or two and, and just everything that he brings to your line. Like, how do you break down his game? What makes him a, a, a unique prospect? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, everyone sees his, uh, the moves he can pull off. And um, he's so smart, though. I think he, he can find anyone anywhere at, at any time. So I think um, it will look like it, he's in a bad decision or a bad situation where he's got a uh, nothing really out there and then he'll uh, make a quick, quick move. And all of a sudden we got a two on one. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a really special player. One of the best parts about talking to guys in your position, especially coming out of the program is, you know, we see, we see the strides you guys make there. We see how you improve just year over year. Is there a guy in the group who you think maybe is flying a little bit under the radar or someone who's really, who, who, when you look back at, at where, at where he was a year or two ago, you're like, okay, like this, he's, he's leveled up here. Is it, is there anybody that sticks out for you? Yeah, I think, um, Z Booyam, um, on our back and he, he's just, his game just gotten better and better as, um, the two years went on and, um, he ran our power play all year this year and, um, did an awesome job with that. And, and like I said, he just got better and better as the year went on. What about Danny Nelson, the guy who I think he might have been the player of the game in the, in the gold medal game, the guy coming out of the high school ranks. And I think he used to play D, right? Like he kind of just jumped up to forward. Yeah, he uh, yeah, he got us going in that gold medal game when we needed an energy shift. And um, that line went out there and he got that tipping goal um, from Zeev. So I think yeah, he, he, he had a different situation from all of us where, um, like you said, he was in the high school route and um, then he joined us after a year and he was he was awesome all year. How does a guy like that work in? Like you guys are have, have all this chemistry you've been building up and he comes in from outside and how, how does that process go? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a little weird having someone come in after mm-hmm. a year, but I mean, he, he gelled in perfect, especially off the ice. He's, he's an unreal guy. He's, so, um, I mean, he blended perfectly in the room and um, he fit right into the lineup. So you broke Austin Matthews' record points record with a with a program. When was that something that you realized was a possibility? Like was it is it was it on your mind from I mean maybe not from the jump or like was it was it something you built towards? Did it sneak up on you? Like what was what was uh, when did you when did you start really becoming aware like this is something that could happen? This is something that I could that, that I could pull off. Yeah, I think um, as we got to the end of the year around the 
the 45 game mark it was probably when that that talk started to get going around the locker room and um i mean we weren't we weren't worried about it, it was kind of if it happens it happens but mm-hmm. um it was pretty cool it got to happen at worlds and um i mean we all we all love watching them too so it's it's pretty cool did you hear from anybody after you broke it anyone pop up on your phone that you weren't expecting not that i can remember actually because um i mean the time change was crazy and everything like that but oh god yeah. um just uh probably family mostly you guys get pretty well traveled over those two years what's what's the best city you've gotten to see uh, abroad i'll have to go with uh basil where we were for world so i think we uh saved the best trip for last and that was a great time we got to it's not a it's not a bad it's not a bad place to be in general let alone nah. when you're winning win, let alone when you're winning gold medals huh yeah it was, it was sweet so you get the downtime here, uh, hopefully get some some good time in Punta Cana. Um, when does the the real prep for like the combine and and the the beast that is, you know, the draft process really start for you? Yeah, I think probably the the, the start of this month um, is kind of where everything starts picking up. Like you said, the combine's coming up and um, then the draft. So I think right when we get back, we're going we're going to work and it's and it's like we're in season again. So um, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun summer. I'm sure you know the the volume of interviews that await you when you get to Buffalo and and beyond. The, the question you're going to get a million times. I don't know. I'm probably not even the first one to ask it to you, but I'll give you the one of the early ones. What's the team that drafts you getting as a player? Yeah, I think um, I take pride in making guys around me want to play with me. So I think um, I, 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 tr- I take pride in making the right play, but I can also be a scorer. So um, my uh, hockey IQ and, and deceptions kind of where. I try to differentiate myself um, out there with my linemates. You got a player or two who you who you model after, or who you who you hope you resemble, or anything like that. <clears throat> yeah, I, I try to I try to watch uh, Jack Hughes a lot. Um, he's a mm-hmm. he also played at the program, which I think everyone knows that. And um, I mean, he's been unreal this year. So getting to watch uh, the Devils play has been has been nice. Have you have you seen Jack add anything to his game in particular over the last couple of years? Like I, like when you, I mean, because he he leveled up this year. We saw we saw the goal score like he's up up over forty goals. We saw, you know, a production kind of explosion from him. Like what it, what? How do you as someone who's who's watched him? You know, the last couple of years. Like, what, like, do you feel like he's gotten better at anything in particular over the last couple of years? Well, I mean, like you said, the goal scoring, he, his production skyrocketed this year, and. um I think that's something that I, I, I tried to work on too is, um, you know, knowing when you have that shot to take it and, um, yeah, I think his goal scoring. That's great. Awesome. Will. that's everything I got. I really appreciate you, you coming on here with us on a, on a weekend and, uh, make sure you, uh, make sure you enjoy Punta Cana for us. We'll be up here. So <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of you, buddy. Have fun. Well, thank you for having me. Great stuff from Will. I hope he enjoys Punta Cana. Max, you mentioned the Blue Jackets is a potential landing spot for him. Where else? Where else do you like before before you go to Brick? I, I mean, not at this point, I feel like he's got to go in the top five. Mm-hmm. So if you know San Jose, Montreal, I, I have to think would be strong options for him there. The wild card, you know, where's Mavi Mitchkov mm-hmm. going to go? But I think Will Smith has given himself a chance with the way he finished this season with a tremendous final statement at the U18s to go as high as maybe three. And I love you know, it. I, I think it's it's a great fit if that's where it is in Columbus, um, but somebody's going to be really happy with him. Made it a five player draft. I mean, we we heard on the outside for so long about it being 
four deep and stepped up and did his job and get, gave us a really solid top five. That's so right. Just like to see what next, he, what's next for him. He's a he's a he's a really fun player. All right, an honorary Tuesday boy. So many are. Can I, can I give that? Many out? are I don't saying know if I can it. Give yeah, that of course out. you can. <laughs> okay, you're a you have. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> you're you're like you're you're on probate. You're a probationary member. If if you <laughs> if right. you if you keep if you keep your shit together for the next little bit, you're. You can, <laughs> we'll send we'll send you one of the Letterman's jackets. Okay, perfect. Thanks again to Will, and again we're coming back with the only good segment on the show. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the only good segment on the show. So when you tap your phone a few times, magically land in the comments section for our episodes in the Athletic app. I gave good instructions a couple weeks ago. I don't think I'm capable of doing that again. Tap listen. Tap, tap, tap a roo. Go to Discover. Look at any. Go down NHL. Tap NHL. You'll see our little little show cover. It's blue with a puck on it. You can find your way from there. It's not that complicated, right? And now I have to do it and navigate back to our interview with uh, that Craig and I did with Colby Armstrong. He was outstanding last week. We talked a lot about we talked a lot about uh, the NHL's you know the the televised product and what Colby's doing there. Actually, uh, actually pissed off a couple people. <laughs> in the comments. So we'll so we'll we'll, we'll knock this out um before you know before we go any further there's Brandon S. Couldn't find him. Guys, there were three game sevens all involving American teams, two with major upsets and the second round starts tonight. Do we really need to spend the whole episode talking ratings interviewing media members? It's a fair complaint. Uh the answer though unfortunately is yes, we did. We did have to do that because that's what we want to talk about. Sometimes you book the guest before uh-huh. the games happen. That's right. And the last thing, truly the last thing we want to do to you guys is give you something that's completely time-stamped like that. And that is tough. These episodes can't be time-stamped. Games, whether whether it's the previous night or the night after, you got to be careful because we want you to, we want you folks, this is no joke, to be able to listen to this on a day that isn't Tuesday, we want this stuff to hold up. So if we're talking about things that happened 24 hours ago or things that are going to happen in 12 hours, kind of doing a, we're doing a bit of a disservice. And yeah, I, I the, the balance might've been out of whack last week. That's on us. But you know, we wanted to talk to Colby about, about all this stuff and he was, and he was really good. So the interview went long and this is his life. This is, this is what he's doing. He's bouncing around. He's figuring out how to make, 
national television uh, on on a really really high level, and that's what we want to talk about. So, whatever. Sorry, but not not completely sorry. Breaking news here with the Tuesday Boys News Desk, Max. You've got some bad news for us, for, for Gabriel Muscock and the Colorado Avalanche specifically. Yeah, the Avalanche just announced that uh, Gabriel Landeskog is going to have a cartilage transplant in his right knee tomorrow, and that is going to keep him out for the entire 2023-24 regular season, which is, you know, obviously Gabriel Landeskog, uh, you know, I don't think I need to tell anybody what he means to, to the Avalanche, but it's a that's a pretty seismic one for a team that we just saw how tough it can be for even a reigning champ to to go forward without him. Oh, God. Yeah, we, we've saw they weren't the same team without him. Not at all. And they lost a lot of guys. You know, they lost Kadri too, but I think that was... That's a team whose salary structure is so... I don't want to say fragile, but it's complex by design. Like, it has to be. When when you're when you have a lot of good players that you're that you're trying to fit in, you're just trying to put yourself in a situation to contend for the next f- whatever five five six seven years which was which was the task especially especially coming off of of the cup season and a whole lot of that hinges on Landeskog being good and av- good and available and you know a huge huge part of things for the next however many seasons that's that's brutal they're saying they're saying now that he's out so yeah I mean the, the, that's the I guess the silver lining for their cap is they can try to go you that know, gives them the flexibility to, replace, to, to to look now. They know that he's out. This is, I guess it would be worse if they got this news in November or totally whatever. But that's that is that is brutal. Cartilage transplant for a thirty year old. Yikes! This news is horrible. But you also can't be surprised by it because whenever you see guys like the timeline kept shifting, right? This this was not supposed to happen to him this year. It was. He, he had he had the offseason surgery and it was you know he we had the timeline and then that got extended several times and for and for the, and for them to say also at the start of the playoffs or at the at the end of the regular season like he's out no matter what the the fact that they made that announcement and say he's done for for the postseason regardless was was uh was a really bad sign but man even this this is this is worse this is worse than than anybody could have expected reasonably yikes yep no doubt no doubt all right. Well, and God knows we'll have more on that on the site. I'm sure Pete's writing something as we speak now. That's wild. Um, Robert G. Watching the Kraken score four goals on Otter Jake Ottinger in like six minutes. It's reminiscent of the Kraken versus Nashville game where they set a new record of goals Soros has let past. Honestly, curious what it's going to take for them to be treated like a good team instead of a fluke. When they beat the Avs, and this is, you know, germane, I think, to what's what's gone on in the last five minutes. When they beat the Avs, it seemed like the story was, the Avs are hurt. And we are right back to the crack and we'll bow out with time to the rest of their opponents. That, that's a that's a good point by Robert. Um, okay, but the answer is, it's, sorry, like, the, we, did, we saw this with the Islanders. They went to two straight Eastern Conference Finals. They pushed the Lightning to seven games in like a 1-0 game the last time. And still no one will admit that that was a good team. Like, I I agree here. Like, I think they're a good team. I think the Islanders were criminally underrated mm-hmm. through that whole thing. But when you don't have this, the stars, the headliners, and you're not having these giant regular seasons, this is what it's going to be. It's it's There's not going to be. 
going, even they could win the cup and people will say it was a fluky year. That's what's mm-hmm. going to happen. The tough part for me with that, and, and I look, I know that a lot of people are just kind of like, oh, cute story, Seattle Kraken, you know, they have a bunch of guys who scored 17 goals or whatever. I, I, I understand. Like I, it's a, a whole lot of people are saying that on my end. What's frustrating about this is that picking them to lose to the Colorado Avalanche or picking them to lose to the Dallas Stars is not it's not, I, I, it's not an indict. I, 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 I truly to to use the. I truly mean no disrespect. Yeah. When I, I mean, yeah, you're you're right. You're talking about the reigning cup champ. You got to pick a winner sometimes, right? Yep. Like like you when that's part of our job. I hate making series picks, but you but you got to do it. And it was it's tough to pick against the Avs, <laughs> and it's tough to pick against the Stars. By the way, that series is is not. I mean, it's obviously not over yet. But they they hung four on Ottinger. I don't think anybody like like Robert was said. Dallas, the number two most popular cup pick. On our staff, I, I'm almost certain. I think it. I think it had to be. the The other teams play games too, and, w- and when our job is to watch all these teams and make assessments of them, like we're not just watching Seattle and saying, you know, great story. We're watching Dallas and saying this team has high end talent at every position. Their issues with depth have been corrected. You're yep. getting meaningful scoring from you know from Evgeny Dodonov and Jamie Ben is still playing. It was was still playing, you know, playing and producing. And Tyler Sagan had bounced up to that first line and replaced Pavelski and and, and done work. And we knew that Pavelski was coming back. There are reasons, or there should be, behind people picking against the scrappy surprise first round first round upstart. That's yep. that aren't necessarily disrespectful of a of a team like the Kraken. I love I love what they did. I said it at some at some point whether I wrote it or not. The way they played the abs should have been extra encouraging to them because for all we've talked about not having, you know, they don't have a ton of juice at the top of the lineup. Yes, Jared McCann scored 40 goals. Yes, Matty Beniers was, you know, in the mid 20s. But those are their guys. And that's a that, production aside. That's tough. That's tough to you know throw out there against against uh, the rest of the top shelf contenders. But the fact that they did that against Colorado while getting nothing from those guys in McCann's case it was because of injury. In Benier's case it was just you know some 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 rough play and some crummy luck. They they got effectively zero zero production from those dudes, and they still beat the Abs. And that was a great sign for them. And it's a good sign for them moving forward. I'm not surprised that we're seeing this. Did I pick them to lose in this series? Yeah. But am I shocked that they're that they're going up that they're up two one on the stars? No way. Because that's a good team. It is it is one of those things of just you know, especially now that Heiskinen is hurt and if he's if he misses do we know is he out tonight for sure? That is a great question that I don't have an answer for, honestly. I I don't probably, I don't know. More after morning yeah. skate, I guess. Uh now that he's hurt, it probably does come up more. And I get that the fans are sensitive to this, but like my advice is like, who cares what we it's predict? totally true. Like I, 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 I'm begging people to pay less attention to this shit because we have to do it. It's part of our job. Everybody hates it. Every uh, 90, what percentage of media people, Maxi, do you think look at prediction stuff as like the bane of our existence? 90 95 it sucks it sucks you're set up to fail 
Totally. And that's why the move, and I guess I went against my own typical advice here. The move is to just pick upsets. And if and if you're wrong, whatever. And if you're right, you you know, you can you can crow about it. So yeah, maybe you I, you pioneer that. Think about Josh Cooper, the ride Josh oh, Cooper's having right now on the Panthers. If he livid. had just picked him to lose to Boston like everybody else, no one would I was have livid. I saw at all. I saw that I but saw, now he gets to he gets to and he does. Coop. Yeah. He annoys the shit out of me. Text me about the Panthers <laughs> constantly. Leave me alone, Josh. I beg of you. No, he did the right it move. Is the move. I was I and that's just sour grapes talking because that's what I should have done. And I didn't do it. And I, w- I mean, you've seen like the NBC Sunday Night Football desk pick up on this finally after how many times they got they, they get, get screenshotted, they get cooked in the screenshots by having you know, you could tell like a, Dungy oh, or whatever is like, all right, I'll just. Rodney Harrison's like, okay, uh, go Lions, I guess. <laughs> They're smart. They're smart, and we're dumb. That's the way it goes. Cooper is the only one that gets it. All right, Tyler M. Hashtag Tuesday boys. Three Z's. The Minnesota Wild Talk makes me wonder, do any other writers have a named following like the Russo Army? Like the, no. the Dom Heads, <laughs> the Down Goes Browniacs, the Mendez Men. What's the athletic metric used to indicate that a writer gets views to their material? Well, we're not going to talk about that last part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure me and Max are going to have a conversation about that off mic because that, that, is, yeah, that, is, for that sure. is always a topic of discussion. I need this little red dot on my screen to go away before I'm comfortable <laughs> with that one. <laughs> yeah, my New York Times property laptop is about to explode, I think. We need more writer-based writer-based fandoms. I know. I'm trying to think of some off the dome here. Dom has it. It's the Dom Hive or whatever. But that doesn't have the same ring, does it? Dom's named following is sw- or they're, they're Swifties, actually. They, oh yeah, exactly. He doesn't name them anything. Uh, <laughs> there's a one. There's a one to one ratio of, of of people who have who have clock emojis in their in their in their Twitter display names and people who follow Dom. I I I dear listeners, I wish you could see what Max is doing right now. I think this is a this is this this is a dog related <laughs> thing. It's really <laughs> frant- frantically waving at Alice's room. <laughs> William S., it's stupid to end articles with an athlete's career stats when the article has nothing to do with their playing career. Please explain why everyone does that unless the answer is there's a word quoted to be met. William has <laughs> played four seasons of U13 basketball. This, this is William giving his own giving his own stats. William has played four seasons of U13 basketball where he amassed 1.9 rebounds and one block and 28 games played for the Cathedral Cannons. Well, those numbers are rough. It's okay. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. Guess what? I, I don't go to the career stats. It is a word count thing. You got a problem with that? It is a word count thing, and I don't go to the career stats unless I don't know a damn other thing That's about it. The guy. That's no joke. That's what it is. Even though all of us here at The Athletic compulsively write long, and everyone's shit is longer by 20% than it needs to be as a rule, you go to... And we've had meetings about that fact. <laughs> That are met speaking, with fury. Speaking of the of the of the of the Dom heads, suspect number one. What are you talking about? Career stats is when you don't know shit about a player. 100%. That's not about word count. That's saying like uh, I don't I don't I don't have anything here when people aren't returning my calls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's saying sources were out to lunch. Uh, that's like the classic trade deadline, right? Like 
you know, three seasons ago, he had a career-high 28 goals. That's like, I don't uh, I know what's texting me back right now, man. Yeah, you're talking to, you're talking to Mr. Trade Grade himself. The shit sucks. <laughs> All right, Christopher B., this is, this is going back to something Colby said. And we co-sign everything that Colby Armstrong says at, at every point. Going between the legs to shoot is now the Kachuk. Somewhere Merrick Malik is pissed, which is which is true. Merrick Malik, the seven foot five New York Rangers defenseman who scored in the eighty fifth round of the shootout, whenever the shootout was was still a thing, one of the most shocking goals in NHL history, probably given given the specifics of it. Um, yeah, I'm willing to give that to Kachuk. Colby's Colby's pioneering it. Um, These things just change names, though, fine. right? Like Michigan, whatever. You're only going to be able to moss somebody for so many more years here. We, we oh, might already be past. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll die on that hill, brother. I will. Ne- it, it will always wide receiver catching a jump all over top of somebody will always be mossing somebody ever. In a couple of years, it's going to be like, uh, I don't know who like, it's going to be. You, you, you Metcalf them or you DK them. DKO. <laughs> the main reason I bring this up from Christopher B is because uh, we got a fun one about Matthew Kachuk coming up on the site in a couple of days. Haley Salvi and Jeremy Rutherford uh, combined on a. I'm not going to go too far into the into the premise of it, but it's it's an oral history. They got a lot of people to talk about Matthews uh, Matthews game and his life and his rise. I guess is probably the right way to put it because dude is still story of the playoffs. Did they put his career stats in it? I don't think they had to. I think those. I think those two know. And if anybody on staff knows enough about Matthew Kachuk, it's Haley and Jr. They're not. They're not doing hacky yeah. shit like like throwing his, like throwing his uh, you know, his his GSVA in there or, or, or something. <laughs> Canada L says, "I now need merch." It says, "God is a stat head." That is a reference to a really a really wonderful conversation, a really wonderful um question that was asked of Craig and I, Max. You you know, right, well, well, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Perfect. I'm gonna phrase it phrase it myself because I don't remember exactly how it was, how, how it was phrased to us. If at the end of your life God welcomes you, God, God, God Himself, long white beard, yeah, white robes, welcomes you in heaven, and gives you st- and says, "I will give you statistics on anything, on and any part of your life." Any anything you want, I'll I'll tell you how many slices of pizza you ate. I'll tell I'll tell you. Uh, how many times you narrowly evaded death? I'll tell you how much time you spent looking at your phone. What is the stat that you would pick? I don't want to know any of those numbers. Yeah, the, right. The things I actively totally. trying to that's avoid. That's pretty much what I said. <laughs> Anxiety, guys, baby. That's definitely some kind of trigger. I, I was, I was trying to think about. I was thinking about the phone thing. You know, I would. I, I can you imagine if someone, if someone said like, you've spent whatever. A year and a half of your life on your phone. I would never, I never want to know that. My answer was how many McDonald's or how many McNuggets I ate. I went, I went, I went, I went, I went, that's I went, a good I went one. stupid. I want something, I want something that's like completely meaningless, but that I can just carry. Like I, I'll be mostly encouraged that it's going to be a good number, but completely meaningless in how I view my own life. Mm-hmm. I want like my beer league face off or something like that. Just so like as I'm walking around heaven, I can be like, yeah, no, fifty-four percent career, uh, but it but it doesn't reflect how I view yeah, my it's own not, life. It's, it's not like how many times in your life you skip taking a shower or whatever. Exactly. Like, it's, no, nothing, I don't want to know that. Humiliating. <laughs> Timothy S. 
I was talking about my direction to the comment section. He says, my direction to the comment section were just okay. Luckily, we have the gentilly positioning system for things like this, which is a joke from Stick to Sports, my podcast with the Puck Soup wow. family. One of these 65 people to listen to that. What up, Timothy? Yes. Anyway, my question is, who is the next American-born player to touch the cup? So, who wins and which American is handed the cup by a teammate first since there are no American captains left in the playoffs? I love this question. I love this question, and I did not read it beforehand, and this is the first time I've given it thought. If we're fast-forwarding through some of these here, who are the teams we still think have a chance to win the cup? I think Florida, obviously. Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, that commenter is going to kill me if I don't say Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, Vegas. Mm-hmm. Is it Jack Eichel? I think based on overall vibes and based on stats here, I think it might be Jack. Kachuk is a, obviously a strong contender. Kachuk is a, I mean, Kachuk is a strong. Ottinger. Oh, Suter has Suter and is Suter an old guy without Ottinger a cup? Ottinger isn't the guy on Dallas. It's Pavelski. So it'd be Pavelski, Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Pavelski is the is the ultimate old guy without a cup. One hundred percent. Well, we can't pick Pavelski because we just <laughs> we're going to get destroyed for it. How about this? If Seattle will kill us. How about yeah. this? If Dallas comes back and beats Seattle, it's, it's Pavelski. I, I yeah, I think it's either Eichel or Kachuk. Right now, it's hard I to know, go right? Florida, I but, know. You know, Oof. I'm a famous prisoner of the moment. Yep. So this answer is going to change tomorrow. It's completely true. We need to add this into the all 32. Oh, man. And then we'll get questions about why, uh, I don't know who else is in this series, why Austin Matthews is getting disrespected. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that. What I what would need to happen in these games for it to, for it, for it to flip back that far? No, it's, it's not happening. It's not happening. It's impossible. You guys were great this week. There, there are twenty three questions. We're not going to get into all of them because there are twenty three questions, twenty three comments. They were all, they were all great. You're bringing the heat. We love you for it, and we're, we are sorry, Craig and I are. I'll apologize on his behalf for talking a little bit too much about TV ratings last week, but it's interesting to us. And this podcast, if nothing else, <laughs> is a reflection of the for of, us. of the shit that me or Max or Craig or Craig finds interesting. That's the way it goes. Self indulgent nonsense here at theathletic.com. I only guess so that I can clip things and send them to Mike <laughs> Persak when we mention him. This is like, we should have just talked about Persak for like 45 minutes. <laughs> I got the most deep cut Bob Nutting joke in there Dude. and he's not even going to hear it. I'm just going to wait for him. He will. Hope he hears it. Mike's got an office job. He doesn't have, doesn't have shit else to do. Oh, that's he's so just, true. Just, just listen to his stuff on Listen to what he wants, his desk, <laughs> eating his little lunch. Maxie, thank you. This is great as always. Fantastic. You're so much better to talk to than Craig, dude. <laughs> You're a better friend, too. Better coworker. <laughs> Less power to give you a raise. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to the Athletic Hockey Show on YouTube. YouTube.com at sign the Athletic Hockey Show. Max, you're back next week. <laughs> Did you know? Filling in yet again for Craig. I'm the boss, Custance. Thank you to Will Smith. Enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy the rest of the week. Happy New Year. Courtesy of Craig. And bye. Courtesy of me. This has been Tuesday, boys.
That's X2Z with three Z's.